And back for another round here on your Sunday afternoon, just after 4 o'clock. Yeah, also star 9898 to uh, call in and get your questions about your employment, your severance, your workplace, your boss. Maybe you are the boss. Maybe it's workplace harassment. Anything under that rather wide umbrella employment uh, law we cover here on the show on a weekly basis. And Lior is off. It's Leah Moody filling in, and she never is. She's always in a fantastic mood and ready <laughs> to answer your calls. We will get to the week that was in just a moment. want to remind you, severance pay calculator. You want to find out exactly what your severance should be never mind the employment standards act it's okay we'll get to that as well but the severancepaycalculator.com the true and real number and you can have a look at it now as we sit here and idly chat it is free it'll take you about 30 seconds there's nothing to pay for and there's a contact button at the bottom as well if you want to get some uh, some more information but i did mention the week that was leah so my pal what is going on well, uh, lots, lots. And I got to say, this past right. week has been uh, not very easy to focus in on work. It has been so beautiful this week, weather-wise. <sighs> I just want to set up an office on a patio outside yeah. and just take all my client meetings there. I think Do that'd it, be man. very popular. Thank you. But anyway, this is, uh, this is the employment hour. For now, we're going to take the next hour to talk about employment law, which is a wonderful sunny day activity. I, I am an employment lawyer here in Vancouver. And, and every week, as John said, either myself or Lior take over these airwaves to talk about employment law, to talk about situations that arise in my daily practice and to answer your questions. So if you're listening in, and you hear something that sounds like a situation that you're going through or you want to ask a question about something that's going on in your workplace, a change that's been made to your job, an employment agreement that's being put in front of you for the first time, or just anything that doesn't quite feel right and you want to chat about, yeah. you want to get some answers, clear the air, give us a call. Uh, so we start off the week, as we always do, by talking about some of the situations or files or articles or happenings that have come across my desk mm -hmm. over the last couple of weeks. And the first situation that I want to talk about arose sort of as a result of a confluence of all of these things. It was both a call that I had from a woman who is now a client and an employment law conference that I attended here in Vancouver this week. This woman called me this past Monday to discuss and review a contract that she was recently given as a result of a job change which is great. I always encourage people who are on the receiving end of a new contract, either new because the job just started or new because the employer just handed it to you for the first time, to have it reviewed by a lawyer before right. signing. Engaging a lawyer doesn't always mean, and in fact, it rarely means that you're going to get dragged through some drawn out expensive legal battle. Sometimes it just means informing yourself. And that's exactly the reason why this woman originally contacted me in order to make sense of the terms of a contract that was being put in front of her for the first time. Now, okay. I did have a lot to say about this contract, but that's not why I bring this particular situation up. After discussing her situation for a little while, it emerges that she doesn't even really want this new role in the first place. The new role involves biweekly travel to the U.S., and as a single mother, she has a number of parental obligations and responsibilities that don't really lend well to constant traveling. When she advised the company that she did not want to accept what was actually taking on its face a promotion because of her childcare obligations, mm -hmm. the company actually threatened to discipline her. Uh, not knowing any differently, not wanting to lose her job in the face of having three kids, she accepted. So this immediately set off alarm bells for me, but it hadn't set off any for her. And the more people that I have this discussion with, the more that I come to understand that this doesn't really set off alarm bells for most people. Very few employees that I speak with understand or appreciate that family status is a protected ground under our province's human rights 
legislation, under most provinces' right. human rights legislation. And those that do uh, don't really have a grasp on what is meant to be included under the definition of family status. Part of that reason, I imagine, is because the words themselves, family status, aren't really that illuminating in and of themselves. But it is, in fairness, also difficult to ascertain because the law is really still being worked out on that front as well, which gives me as a lawyer a lot of room to make creative arguments to defend that right, actually. So it's interesting. And I wanted to bring it up today to, to you know, bring, bring it to anybody's attention who might be in a situation like this. Right. Um, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you can't meet family responsibilities because of an unaccommodating workplace, you should you should seek and obtain legal advice and the remedy that you need. And, and family status, I think, largely means exactly that. Family responsibilities. It most often has been interpreted to mean parental responsibilities, so your child care obligations, but it's also been extended to include care of aging parents. Responsibilities is also an important word here because it has to be more than just a preference. Uh, you know, for myself, I would love to be home every day to put my daughter to bed. And most days I do make that work, but I can't insist upon that as a human right. However, your obligations to a family member are protected under the Human Rights Code and an employer cannot interfere with them. So in this case, the woman I spoke with was a single mother with three dependent children And she was being asked to travel to the U.S. twice a month. Uh, She has no family nearby and the father's not in the picture. And and being asked, being essentially told to do this job was an interference with her obligations to her children as their mother and is protected under the code. Telling this woman that she was going to be disciplined if she did not take the job was, in my view, in blatant disregard of her parental responsibilities. I mean, not to mention the forced change in job duties could also amount to a constructive dismissal here, which would entitle right. her to severance. You know, we talk about this all the time. An employer cannot simply change a unilateral term of employment, like the location where you're required to work, without your express consent. In this case, my client wants to stay on with the company, so she doesn't want to claim a constructive dismissal. She just wants to keep her old job, which yeah. allowed her the flexibility and time and presence, more importantly, to be there for her children. And I'm going to help her with that. Now, again, the reason why I bring this up is because the ground of family status under the code applies to every single one of us or very well could one day. If your parents are aging or ailing and your work won't allow you the requisite accommodation to attend to that responsibility, that could be contrary to the code. If you are a parent and your work is moving you to a new shift where you won't be able to pick your kids up from daycare and there are no other arrangements that could reasonably be made, this could also be contrary to the code. In any case where there's a conflict between your responsibilities and your obligations at home, and your responsibilities and obligations at work, it may be a good idea to check in with a lawyer or call the Human Rights Tribunal directly to chat about whether your employer is acting appropriately and to ensure that you're taking advantage of that protection that our legislation is there for you. That's it. And I mean, based based on some of those, I mean, it's it's you're looking at a constructive dismissal. But if they've if they breached any of those codes, there could also be human rights damages as well, right? Well, that yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. So if she wanted to pursue a constructive dismissal, you know, that was something that I I tabled for her, and I think she could very well do. But you know, like a lot of people who are in this position, 
they're not in a position where they want to lose their job, right? They just don't want that change yeah. to be implemented. And in this case, because she's being forced to uh, to take that change, and that's contrary to one of the grounds that's protected under the code, she actually doesn't have to. She can make a very good argument that she does not have to take that change, uh, that she can just continue to work in her old job, and that's not going to be the subject of discipline. So she's she's in a great position, and I'm very happy to be able to help her. We're going to take our first uh, short break here. More of the week that was. We'll get into the severance pay calculator and also things you need to know or things you need or why you need an employment lawyer when. We'll get to a bunch of these points, and Leah will uh, get through them all as the show continues. Phone lines are wide open. Feel free to give us a call with your questions or comments, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. This is the Employment Hour right here on CKNW. And Leah Moody is uh, doing all the heavy lifting on the show this afternoon. You want to call us lots of times still to get uh, still to get in, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 uh, on your cell, rather. In that regard, we shall get to uh, to Al. Hi, Al. Good evening. How are you? Hi. Not too bad. Thank you. What's, the, what's going on with your story? Well, I worked for a company for 45 years. Wow. Uh, they terminated me for... I didn't feel they were very good grounds, but uh, I went and uh, we were in a union, and I went to the union, and they went through the uh, grievance procedure up to stage three grievance. Uh, During these grievance hearings, um, I was assured by the union that if nothing was settled in uh, the grievance procedure, it would they were quite willing to go to arbitration. So we let it go, and it's, it didn't get anywhere uh, in uh, the grievance procedure. At one point, their, their uh, legal counsel uh, said that they would go to arbitration if they had to, but not one cent to settle. So anyways, we went through stage three grievance, and they just said the same thing, basically. Uh, then all of a sudden, the, you, my union says, we've changed our mind. We're not going to go to arbitration. And uh, that sort of left me uh, holding the bag. I contacted a couple lawyers. Uh, as soon as you say the word union, they say, sorry, can't touch it. They can't, uh, no. Yeah, and, and that's unfortunately largely going to be my response here too, Al, and, and I can give you you know, some idea as to what you might be able to, to do here. Um, I unfortunately speak to lots of people um, on a weekly basis, uh, people who are feeling like they're being let down by their unions, that they're not being fairly represented. And uh, it's it's a bit disheartening, actually, to hear the volume of complaints of this nature that I've been getting in lately. Um, but it's it's true. Uh, myself, as a as a civil litigator, somebody who works in employment law, I cannot step in for the union. Your union has full jurisdiction over your employment, your termination from that employment, and I can't step in to those shoes. Um, the only time that a lawyer ever can is if the union has failed to meet its duty of fair representation, known as a DFR. Uh, but the threshold for that is enormously high. Um, I often make a 
not really that jokey joke that you have to have video evidence of a union member like plugging their ears and not listening to you in order to show that they're not meeting this duty. Um, so in terms of myself or any lawyer being able to help you, there's there's really not much that, that we can do, which is unfortunate because as somebody who's been terminated after 45 years, uh, under the common law, under a non-unionized context, you'd be looking at two years easily of severance if you didn't have an employment contract that otherwise limited you. So when it comes to your union, Al, what I would what I would do is, you know, take a take a really hard and close look at your collective bargaining agreement. Um, You know, if if you feel like you're not being fairly represented, if they're not going forward with the grievance, there's likely some kind of uh, appellate process that you can engage. Um, You know, you can make a complaint to somebody about the fact that you feel like you're not being fairly represented. They the union will have an obligation to step in and investigate that complaint. uh, But that has to ultimately still be through your union and pursuant to the terms of the CBA. Okay, I understand that. Can I add another um, part of it? Sure. Um, uh, the uh, I went to the uh, employment insurance um, office right after this happened, and they accepted the story of what happened. I w- received 29 weeks of EI benefits mm-hmm. and because they thought that the reason that they terminated me was was nothing. It was so uh, so insignificant that uh, they accepted my EI claim. And um, I, when I went to a lawyer, uh, the only advice I got from any of them was file a Section 12 unfair labor practice against the union. And but they won't take it to fight even to even fight against the union. Yeah. Why so. Why is that? Well, like they, I want to go after the union for not representing me. And, and it sounds like you probably should. I mean, what I can say is that, um, you know, the Social Secur- Security Tribunal, the CRA, you know, they're going to have different criteria on which they're going to judge whether or not you were terminated for just cause, which would disentitle you to EI. Right. Um, but that's under a, that, that's separate from what your collective bargaining agreement is going to provide that the union has to show, or sorry, the company has to show in order to terminate you. Um, so just because you have that ruling to get you EI benefits uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the company didn't have reason to terminate you. And I'm using air quotes well, here. They, they produced the reason, but it's so it's so flimsy that it doesn't hold much water. And uh, yeah, so what am I supposed to do? I mean, I was for many of these 45 years, I was quite involved in union activities yeah and uh was a job steward and a counselor and things like that and um i became quite uh, quite active and uh because of our lack of involvement by most of our my co-workers i was basically the guy to go see if you had a problem and i know that after, as time went by i strongly suspect that they were looking for any kind of excuse to get me out of there and this Thing happened and they used it and now I'm trying to live on Canada pension yeah Al I I hear you and I really like immensely sympathize with you as well because it's um it's a really terrible situation to be in and that's why you know non-unionized employees have the protections under the common law that they do you know 
like I said, if, if you were under the common law, if you weren't unionized, you'd be entitled to two years of severance. And obviously, that's much more supportive than CPP or EI. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, that your union is not doing more for you and that I can't do or myself or any lawyer can do anything for you. But, you know, there, you still do have recourse, right? You're not dead in the water yet. So I, I would look at your collective bargaining agreement or, you know, if push comes to shove, consider a Section 12 complaint as well. Appreciate uh, your call this evening, Alan. If you want to call as well, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You had another uh, uh, case or story you wanted to talk about for the week that was before we break. Right? I did, yeah, and I'll, I'll just briefly go into it. Um, I, okay. I wanted to talk about it this week because I feel like a lot of people are in this situation. Uh, I see different permutations of this exact same scenario arise all the time, and this one just you know was the worst-case scenario. Um, so I wanted to kind of use it as a, as a lesson. Um, this individual worked for her former employer for about 20 years, uh, 17 years, no disciplinary events, no flare-ups, everyone got along perfectly fine. But uh, as is often the case with long-term employees who see any kind of turnover in supervising or managing staff, this woman got a new manager three years ago and all of a sudden everything changes. A uh, bit of a personality conflict between my client and this manager and all of a sudden she's being written up for everything really even really generic things like speaking aggressively or work style um you know relatively hard to kind of put a pin in eventually she's terminated for cause over the phone and i hear this and i and i think great easy come on in bring your paperwork and let's chat about how i can get you the severance that you're owed she comes in and the company has got they've papered everything everything (sighs) wording their letters to her with with what is the obvious help of an employment lawyer, um, you know, explicitly asking her to contact them if she had any questions, warnings that if her behavior didn't improve, she would be terminated. And when we went through all of these letters, the woman had legitimate, reasonable explanations for everything, but she didn't document any of it. She didn't put any uh, of her good. responses in writing. She didn't, you know, ask any questions to gain clarification. And, and I don't think, like, you know, she's she's also not necessarily dead in the water, but terminate because termination for causes is a very high threshold. But ultimately, I think in this case, the employer is going to be able to establish that they did everything they could to communicate that to her. Um, and she didn't respond in turn. So I, I think that, you know, the lesson to be learned is put everything in writing, um, make sure that you get your responses in. And and so I can help get you the severance that you're owed if you're ever in this situation. It was like you and Leora both said, silence is like acceptance, so don't be silent. Make sure you document exactly. or, 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 you know, or rebut everything, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to more and your phone calls. Lines are wide open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And we'll go through some bullet points, the times you need an employment, employment lawyer are when. That is all coming up right here. It's the Employment Hour on CKNW. You are good till just about 5 o'clock to uh, give us a call here, ask your questions, make your comments, something about your job, your boss, a severance offer, possibly uh, you have a feeling it's coming down the pike. Well, call Leah and make sure get some feedback on that, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In the meantime, we're going to talk about times you need an employment lawyer. First one I'm going to throw at you, Leah, a little broad, but you've been <laughs> let go. How about that? Right. Yes, but but like broad by necessity, because anytime you've been let go, you need an employment lawyer just, you know, yeah. just to just to touch base with them, just to get information, just to make sure that everything was done above the table and in line with your entitlements. You know, unless the, uh, you know, the situation's particularly complicated uh, or I need to provide you with actual legal advice, the initial the initial conversation that we have is going to be free. So 
I always encourage people, just give me a call. Let's just review it together and make sure that you're not leaving any money on the table. Because, and this is not an exaggeration, 95%, I mean, I I actually think that that's probably doing it a disservice, but let's just go with that number. 95% of severance packages I see are, are cutting the employees short. They're not sufficient. You know, probably once a month, maybe, I someone calls me and I get to say, you know what, company did right by you. And you just go ahead and you sign that package and it's wonderful. Uh, and I have said that. And I love when I get to say that. But it happens so, so very rarely. And, you know, even if you're going to sign on that dotted line, it, it's it can help you feel better just to know that that you've got all the information, that you're making that decision to sign with all of the information available to you. Um, in most cases, though, the employer is really trying to get the best deal possible for itself. Um, or oftentimes, the employer wants to get you a good deal. They want to be fair to you, but they themselves haven't gotten the right advice. You know, they might not know that they're entitled to make you whole for the duration of the notice period. And what that means is that, you know, we talk a lot about the notice period being six months or eight months or 24 months. Um, And a lot of people just think that that's base salary, but it, it includes every single component of your compensation. It includes benefits. If your employer is paying MSP premiums, it includes that. It includes RSP contributions, bonuses, commissions, car allowances, everything. Every single thing that you would get if you had been working over that period, you're entitled to have. And employers very, very seldomly put all of those elements on the table. I actually don't know that I could say I see that even once a month. So the key here, in my view, is don't sign anything. Um, There's a lot of pressure to sign things in these situations, but just take it home with you. Your entitlements are what they are. They crystallize, we call it, at the moment that you have been terminated. So take some time to review it, digest it, and have your package looked at a lawyer. Um, Because once you accept it, once you sign that release, there's nothing that you can do. And that's something that I really don't love saying. Um, You know, you always want to make sure that you're not leaving a significant amount of money on the table. So take the letters home with you. Check out uh, severancepaycalculator.com. That can give you a quick snapshot of what your entitlements are. But ultimately, I really do encourage you to give us a call. Uh, Again, it's free. And we can tell you either that it's in line to what you're titled to or more likely than not that it falls short and then we can help you improve upon that package yeah you know you, you talked about taking it home and take your time people are going to panic because they'll see a deadline at the bottom friday at five or thursday at four thirty. that that deadline is is ignored you have two years uh to to go after it and, and seek out legal advice not that you would take two years but don't worry about deadlines as well right yeah, and I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, Thursday at 5 or Friday at 5 is the is is a good thing that I've seen employers do. Sometimes yeah. I I've, I've heard of stories of employers, you know, putting their hand on the on the release and saying, you know, we've got cause to terminate you and you could be entitled to zero, so you should take these huh. 4 weeks that we're giving you. And of course that's going to create pressure. But at the moment that your employer says, you know, John Scholes, you're terminated, you become immediately entitled to what it is that you're entitled to. And Mm -hmm. letting a deadline expire, letting a deadline lapse is not going to change that. So please don't feel pressured by that deadline. Even if you do, highly recommend just going to the bathroom. Go into the bathroom, collect your thoughts, get out your phone, go to severancepaycalculator.com just to get a brief look at what it is that you could be entitled to, to maybe embolden you to take that extra step to uh, to walk away. Uh, but don't sign anything at the meeting. 
And by the way, you want to get hold of Leah at the firm anytime if, if any of this sounds like a concern at uh, 604-283-3123 and help at severance, uh, pardon me, employmenthour.com, help at employmenthour.com to get a hold of Leah when the show is uh, is over or anytime during the week and to call in now to this radio show, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're talking about the times when you should be contacting an employment lawyer. And uh, this next one kind of brings me back to your second week that was, and that is the employers building up a case against you with bad performance reviews. Yes, this is this is identical to the situation that I yeah. was speaking about right before the break. And again, is something that I always recommend that you should get employment law advice on um, because it is so frequent and it because it can really have some devastating consequences here. Um, you know, in the case that I was speaking about before, it was when a, a new manager was hired. I also see it a lot when a business has sold or you know some other change, and all of a sudden, thing the tide just starts to turn, and you've got this you know spidey sense feeling that you're being set up to fail. Um, You know, usually this indicates that an employer is attempting to build a case to terminate you for cause. And what that means is that they're trying to terminate you without severance. So I see this a lot when a company has just purchased an old company. Um, They've, you know, taken on a bunch of old employees uh, and they've been there for, and by old, I just mean, you know, the amount of time that they've been there. And all of a sudden they're looking at, okay, if I want to replace this person with my own person, uh, I've got to pay them out 20 months of severance. I can't afford to do that. I just bought this business. So they're going to look for cheap ways to get rid of you. And the cheapest way to get rid of you is to pay you nothing. And the way that you do that is they build a case against you. So I, I do see that at a, lo- a lot. And if I if that starts to occur, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to speak to an employment lawyer because there are steps that you can take to preempt this or to insulate yourself. Uh, I My you know favorite recommendation is that you always that an employee drafts a response to the unwarranted or unfair discipline or warnings, and you specifically ask the t- company to include that response in your employment file. Uh, you know, even if it's not a formal written response in Microsoft Word, draft an email that responds to that. To, to that warning or that disciplinary note as well. You should explain why the warning is incorrect, your version of why you feel the warning is incorrect, and provide your side of the story. Ultimately, if the employer does eventually terminate, like they did with the woman that I was speaking about prior to the break, this will prove to be incredibly valuable evidence, you know, that you weren't being listened to, that you were being targeted, that you weren't being given a fair opportunity. And if you can prove that in the context of a cause termination, you are making life very difficult for that employer to prove cause, and you're more likely than not to be entitled to your full severance. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll get over to a phone call. Hey, Max, how are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have a question. Okay, I was terminated, and I settled really quick. My issue is about how the company changed hands Mm -hmm. after, I'd say, about seven years of me working there. Uh, They settled for the new employer, settled with me for X amount of dollars. And I'm wondering if I can go back on the former owner of the company for those years that I, I spent working for them. Okay, so so maybe you just walk me through that situation a bit more. Um, was your employment continuous between the two owners? Yes. A- and um, were you paid any severance when you left yes. employment of the first? No, not of the first. No, of the second, yes. Okay, so 
um, did you sign a release in exchange for the settlement with the second company? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, and and how many years are we talking about as between the first and second company? Uh, from 2005 to, uh, say, three years ago, two and a half years ago. Okay, so roughly 2005 to 2015 you were with the first company? Yes. Okay, yeah, and then you moved to the second company. And what were yeah. you provided in terms of a severance? Uh, $4,000. Oof. And what, is that, what does that represent in terms of weeks or months? Do you know? Oh, no, I do not. Okay. And were you subject of an employment contract with the second company? Um, no, I was not. Okay. Uh, I was working by the hour for them. It so, was, I was not a contractor. So uh, as soon as you told me you signed the release, I thought... Oh no! Yeah, but yeah, but that was for the second company. Well, but yes, but oftentimes those two. So the release is probably going to encompass um, all successor or uh, former employers as well. Um, it, you know, anything that arises from your employment or termination from both companies. So I'd want to take a look at that release anyway. But it also sounds like to me that that number that you received in terms of your severance is small enough that I can't imagine that being more than your minimum entitlements under provincial standards legislation. So under the BC Employment Standards Act, you get, it's roughly, very roughly, one week for every year that you've been employed to a maximum of eight weeks. Oh my goodness, if, I, if, I screwed up then. Well, <laughs> well, it's, it's, and the thing is, is if you had no contract, um, you could be entitled to even more than that. But the point is here is that I, I think I've got an escape hatch here for you. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, this, this is this is going towards the good news. So okay. if, if you were only provided with your ESA minimums, right? So if you were only provided with, you know, two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or, you know, either way, yeah. you were entitled to receive eight weeks because of your continuous employment between these two employers. So if you received anything less than that, or even if you received a full eight weeks, you did not receive valuable consideration for signing that release. And by that, I mean, you didn't receive anything other than what you were already entitled to. Okay. So what that means is that I might have a really, really good argument to get you out of that release and get you a, a lot more money. <laughs> okay, well, call me back. When you're <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Talk just a little bit further. Yes, let's, let's Max, chat for uh, sure. Max, how old are you, Max, by the way? Pardon me? How old are you, by the way? I'm... Turning 53 this year in a couple months. Okay, so 53, and you've been there for 13 years. And what position yeah. were you in? I was a right. foreman. You were a foreman. Okay, so, I mean, we're looking, honestly, here, Max, at easily 12 to 15 months of severance. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's definitely important that you and I touch base. Um, you yeah. know, we'll take a good hard look at that at that release. I will get my creative brain going and we'll see what we can do to get you out of it. Can I add, add something to this? I was actually injured in a car accident okay. during this period of time and I agreed to pay for medical during the course of this, a group medical plan. Mm -hmm. And they cut it off and didn't tell me. I called Blue Cross up and they said, uh, your employer didn't pay your premiums. So they, you mean they cut you off after you were terminated? No, before. Before you were terminated? Yes. How, how, um, how many weeks before? 
Oh, I'm not sure exactly. I'd have to go back through my books and stuff like that. But hmm. uh, I had signed an agreement so that we have group coverage. Are you still injured? Oh, well, from the car accident, yes. Are I'm you able? Disability right now. You are okay. Okay, this adds a whole other layer as well because if they've prematurely cut off your benefits and you would have otherwise been entitled to something like long-term disability insurance, exactly. then that's something that your employer might also be on the hook for. So uh, this yeah. is, it's, it's really, I can't you know encourage you strongly enough to contact me off the air. This is something that I'd be happy to look in further for you and, and make sure that you, know, you are getting compensated fairly for the amount of time that you put in because 13 years is a long time yeah. and the fact that you were injured on the job and then cut off. I mean, that's just no, not I fair. And I wasn't injured on the job, however. I was injured by, a, I was a pedestrian hit by a car. Mm. Oh dear. Well, I mean, e- either, either way, being injured such that you couldn't perform your job, uh, you know, same thing. Being cut off that benefits is, is really uh, is really unfair uh, and you know let's make sure that we're getting you everything you're entitled to Max write this down please this is important the number is 604-283-3123 again 604-283-3123 or help at employmenthour.com and Lee will take care of you that was uh, probably the most important phone call he's made probably in the last uh, 10 years of his life so make sure you follow up on that Max for sure and uh, we'll take a short break into more of your phone calls you want to talk to Leah and uh, discover just like Max did simple 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell it's the employment hour on CKNW and Liam, uh, Liam Moody in the chair, taking us right till about uh, five minutes to five o'clock. Email, by the way, to get hold of Leah anytime, help at employmenthour.com and 604-283-3123 to call when the uh, show is not on the air. We'll get to uh, to Michael. Hey, Michael, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, I've got a situation where I worked for a company for 11 years um, and uh I was I was called into well they, they're the office in Toronto but they were out here for some sort of meeting or something I got called into the hotel only anyway to get a to get a notification that I was being restructured um, the company was restructuring and my services are no longer required mm-hmm. um, and and I I said to them I said well if it's a restructuring okay I can understand that and I hope that that's all it is. And I said, if I find out that, you know, you've replaced me with somebody the week following, I said, I'm going to be pretty upset. But so they said, oh, no, 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 it's a restructuring. So they, they gave me a piece of paper to sign. And uh, they they were going to give, they gave me um, three months severance. Um, and they gave me three weeks in order to sign it. And I went to a labor lawyer friend of mine who said, oh, well, geez, for three months, I mean, you know, my fees are charging more than what it's worth. Just sign it. And, but I thought, well, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. So I don't, and anyway, I, I did find out through people that I know at the, at the job that they, they, they in fact replaced me. It wasn't a restructuring. It was in a fact outright replacement. And there was no warning, like no, no performance warnings. My, my sales, were 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 above everybody else's totally in the black so i mean i to me it was just like she just didn't like me mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so why don't I why don't I speak to to that first? Then the the reason for your termination, um, because you know this this is something that comes up a lot in my practice. People wondering why they were terminated, feeling they like they've been lied to. You know, told that you know they're downsizing and then somebody's hired to replace them. An employer is allowed to do that. That is legally permissible as long as you feel like there's not some sort of discrimination going on behind the scenes. You know, so if you just ask for some sort of religious accommodation or, uh, you know, a parental accommodation like we were speaking about at the beginning of the show, uh, and then all of a sudden you're terminated and then replaced by somebody, uh, that is, that's, you know, could give rise to a discrimination complaint and that is what would make that illegal. However, them simply being dishonest with you and replacing you is actually not illegal in and of itself. It's just massively unfair and hurtful. Um, did you end up signing that uh, that agreement? I did. You did. And yeah. do you know that if it if if there was a release attached to it, or if it was just like uh, I, I I be honest with you, I'd have to look at it. I can't remember. Well, why don't you let me look at it? Let's let's chat about this uh, off air. I'd be happy to take a look at what it is that you signed because three months, Michael, is not sufficient for somebody who was there for eleven years. But my question, my question is. If they have nothing to base it upon, yeah. Other than the fact that she didn't like me, yes. I mean, I mean, the, the, the sales figures didn't didn't match up. I mean, and and the, and and the fact that I was in the black, and I'd been there for eleven years and survived, you know, three other national sales managers. I mean, I, I to me, I mean, it 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 it, it doesn't. Wa- there's nothing there to warrant uh, a. Uh, um, yeah, no, I I hear you, and and I don't want to rush you. We've got it. We've got to wrap up the show. We're approaching the end of our show. I I would really love to speak with you more about this off air. So I really encourage you to give me a call, and I'd be happy to chat about this further with you. And that'll pretty much do it for uh, for this hour as well. We'll be back in here next Sunday. In the meantime, to get a hold of uh, Leah, 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com or simply go to vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca and to find out what your severance should be, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour right here on CKNW.